like to learn more about our host, OJ Tokes, please visit his website, ojtokes.com. That is O J T as in Tom, O K as in Kite, S as in Steve.com, ojtokes.com. Welcome again to the While You Are Single podcast and enjoy the show. Here is OJ Tokes. Father, we just thank you for this session here. Thank you for your presence here. Thank you for revelation knowledge flowing here, Father God. I ask that you open our hearts to heed your word, open our ears to hear your word, open our eyes to perceive your word, open our minds to understand your word. And I pray that your word will be sown in our hearts and it will be a fruit in Jesus' name. We come against any force that will try to hold back or inhibit or interrupt anyone from receiving from you tonight, Father God. Thank you, Lord, for blessing us. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Obviously, we know we're talking about talking with God and trying to figure out, okay, what's going on? I've talked to you and stuff like that, so <clears throat> we're dealing with prayer. And I'm c- kind of, you know, for the benefit of everybody, and everybody here is in a different place regarding their conversation with God, and I want to kind of make sure that everybody's covered in what I'm about to share right now. So I'm going to kind of start from the importance of prayer. I want to describe a scenario for you guys. Um, I like watching movies. Some of you like watching movies as well. Some of you don't, <laughs> but um, I want to paint a picture. I'm not in the legal industry, so I know that what I'm about to share, for those of you who are more familiar with uh, legal issues and documentation and stuff like that, may pick holes at what I'm about to share, but you guys will understand the gist of what I'm trying to paint here, okay? And uh, the scenario I'm trying to paint, sometimes you see it in Law and Order sometimes, for those of you who watch Law and Order, but I want to paint a picture. Here's the situation. There's a serial killer that they're trying to apprehend, okay? There's a serial killer. Some of you may have seen movies like this. So uh, there's a manhunt. And finally, uh, law enforcement is able to find the criminal, okay? So we have a SWAT team. We have detectives. Uh, they have pinpointed where the criminal is. In fact, not only that, they've already bugged the criminal's house. They have audio in the house. They have surveillance equipment in the house. And they're about to break into the criminal's house. As a matter of fact, the suspect is in the house with the victim. Okay? They break into the house and they catch the suspect red-handed. The victim is in the suspect's hand. So now you have audio evidence. You have surveillance evidence, you know, you have the victim in the, <clears throat> in the hand of the suspect, okay? There's blood evidence, there's the fingerprint, there's eyewitness account, the law enforcement. They see the suspect, they've caught him red-handed, they saw everything there, they have audio, they have everything they need. Is a slam dunk case, right? The prosecutor goes to, the, to, 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 to court, the suspect is there dressed in a suit with a smile on his face, you know, with a lawyer. Prosecutor goes there, feeling confident with all the evidence they have, and goes to the judge and presents the evidence. And the judge, might be an old man or woman, looks at the prosecutor. The judge might even take the glasses off and say something like this. The evidence is inadmissible. In other words, they can't use it. And the reason they can't use the evidence is because there was no warrant to go into the suspect's house. 
So the suspect goes scot-free. Let's make it practical and relevant to our lives. The prosecutor is our angel. The criminal is the devil. Law enforcement are the other angels that help us out. We are the victim and God is the judge. Prayer is God's warrant. Prayer is God's warrant. There's an angel that sees what's going on and how the enemy is attacking you and taking you out and they're coming before God and God is like, where is the warrant? Prayer is God's warrant. God needs us to pray so that he can come and deal with your situation. What's funny about the warrant is, it's the judge that issues the warrant. For your prayer to be effective, God has to give it to you. His word. Give God back his word. God gave you his word so that you can give it back to him to officially ask him to come into your situation. I don't know why, it's just the way God said it. God needs us to pray so that he can come into our situation and help us out. Now, some of you, of course, based on what you shared already, you've prayed. I know prayer is important, folks. I've prayed and I've prayed and I've prayed and I've prayed and I've prayed. But the criminals still went away scot-free. What happened? I like a story I heard, and Nikia alluded to this earlier. I read a book a while ago by Bill Hybels, Not Too Busy to Pray, and in the book he talked about he met, I think, an old reverend, and the reverend gave him a phrase that kind of summarizes why God answers and doesn't answer prayers. It goes something like this. When the request is wrong, God says no. When the timing is wrong, God says slow. When you are wrong, God says grow. When the timing or when the request is right, the timing is right. And you are right. God says go. Let me say that again. When the request is wrong, God says no. When the timing is wrong, God says slow. When you are wrong, God says grow. But when the request is right, the timing is right. And you are right. God says Go, meaning green light, you can have it. Now let's kind of break this down a little bit more. When the request is wrong, what does that look like? I think Luke chapter 9, verses 52 to 55, gives us a picture of what that looks like. When the request is wrong. Luke chapter 9, verses 52 to 55. In this story, we hear about Jesus. He is trying to go to Jerusalem 
God bless you. He is trying to go through, go to Jerusalem through Samaria. But they did not allow him. They refused to let him go through Samaria to Jerusalem. And in Luke chapter 9, verse 54, the Bible says, When James and John saw this, they asked Jesus, Can we call down fire from heaven to burn them up? And Jesus rebuked them and basically said, You don't know the kind of spirit you have right now. Now, here's the thing. Jesus is on a mission. He's, he's, he's on a mission. He's going somewhere. You will think it's the right thing. You know, I'm, we're trying to help you out. They're not they're trying to stop us from doing our Christian thing, so we need to attack them. And Jesus rebuked them. You have the wrong spirit. That's an example of wrong prayers. You're praying against somebody because they didn't let you have your way. Even though it's supposedly Christian. Because here's the funny thing about it. You know, sadly, anyone can find what they want in Scripture to justify what they want to do. Because the newer translations don't show this, but I think you'll find this in the King James and Amplified Version in that story. They said, can we call down fire from heaven the same way Elijah did? Because by calling Elijah, they're basically saying we're doing it based on Scripture, based on the law and the prophets. I think the story is in 1 Kings chapter 18. Elijah and the 400 prophets of Baal said, so, well, you know, he called out fire from heaven, so it's in the Word, so we can do the same thing. But Jesus rebuked them. In Elijah's case, he was told to do it. It's a story that is so, it's so subtle, you think Elijah just, just decided to do it on his own. If you read the story carefully, he only did it because God told him to do it. But nevertheless, that's an example of a request that God is not going to answer. You want to do, you pray for something to get back at somebody else because you didn't get to do what you wanted to do. Okay? That's an example. How about when the timing is wrong? It simply means, that God is going to answer that prayer is just that he's not going to answer it when you want to answer it. More often than not, we don't know why. Over time, we might figure out why. But when the timing is wrong, God is not going to answer the prayer at that time. He will answer the prayer later. One of the best examples I've seen that highlights this uh, part of why God doesn't answer prayer is in Genesis 25. Genesis 25, verses 21 to 26. Genesis 25, 21 to 26. And it starts off in verse 21, saying that Isaac, who was Abraham's promised child, was 40 years old when he married Rebekah. If you're not 40 years old yet, stop tripping. <laughs> I'm just playing. I know it's different for the ladies. I know it's different from the ladies. Okay. I'm playing. I know it's different for the ladies, okay? But Isaac was 40 years old when he married Rebecca. He prayed for her because she was unable to have children. She was barren. And the Bible says God answered his prayer and they had twins. Now you read the story it's like, wow, wouldn't you love that? You just go to God. God, 
I need your help here. And God says, okay, boom, God answers your prayer. That is what it looks like. But you backtrack a little bit and read the story a little bit more slowly. Then you're going to figure some things out. I mentioned Genesis 25, 21 to 26, but let's backtrack to verse 20 first. In verse 20, actually verse 20 was the one that revealed to us that Isaac was 40 years old when he married Rebekah. Verse 21 through 26 begins to tell us that he prayed and God answered his prayer and God gave him twins and God began to explain uh, the mystery behind the twins. But in verse 26, it mentions the last name. It says, Isaac was 60 years old when the twins were born. 20 years. 20 years. Five verses. <laughs> it's almost like God is saying, the time doesn't matter. I answer your prayer. Just gotta. <laughs> but I want to declare and decree that you guys will not <laughs> wait 20 years <laughs> before you get married. Not unless you want to marry Jesus <laughs> in heaven, you know. Okay. I hope <laughs> you don't have to wait 20 years. <laughs> but. The point is, there's a timing for everything, okay? Then the last part, when we are wrong or where we are not, when we are not in right standing with God or when it is something that pertains to us that is affecting the prayer, that is what that pretty much deals with. And I want to share with you six reasons pertaining to us on how we can hold God back from answering our prayers. Obviously, there are lots of reasons. Some of you shared some of those things during the discussion. And I'm going to probably pick it back and uh, reiterate some of the things you mentioned earlier. But I want to share with you six reasons pertaining to us that holds us back from, or hold God, holds God back from answering our prayers. And we're going to go through some scriptures. And the first we're going to look at is James Chapter 4, verse 2. James, chapter 4, verse 2, and I'm quoting this from the New Living Translation. It says something like this. Thank you for listening to the While You Are Single podcast. We hope that you were informed, inspired, and impacted. O.J. Tooks has written a life-changing book titled Rejected for a Purpose, How God Uses Rejection to Help You Find and Fulfill Your Destiny. If you would like to learn more about the book, please visit ojtokesministries.org. That is ojtokesministries.org. If you like Christian inspirational hip-hop, check out O.J. Tokes' Christian inspirational hip-hop album, A Breath of Fresh Air, which is now available on iTunes, Google Play, Amazon, and other music outlets. You can also learn more about his music by going to ojtokesministries.org. Thanks again for listening to the While You Are Single podcast, which O.J. Tokes presents weekly, every Monday. If this podcast has been a blessing to you, please share with your friends and join us again next Monday. Until then, take care and stay blessed.